You're listening to a podcast from 702. The Literature Corner. And today we've got Andrea van Veek back with us. Always a treat because she's such a brilliant book journalist. And as I say, every time she comes on, what I love about Andrea is that her and I have got overlapping interests, but we also have uh, divergences when it comes to what we read, which means we get to expand the books and the authors that we feature when she comes on. And I also get more things to put on my to-read list. Andrea, good morning to you. Very good morning to you, CBS. Thanks so much for coming in. That's short notice as well. Of course, I love being here. How has your reading been in the last couple of last couple of months? Some people sort of take a break. Um, some people read more during December. Which which kind of person are you? Well, I always read a lot. I, yeah, I don't too. believe in taking a break. If you want to take a break, you <laughs> it doesn't can, make sense. Yeah, you can take a break in a different way. So yeah. what I did the first couple of weeks of January, I went to the crime fiction bender where I just read crime fiction because I feel like it doesn't it doesn't stretch my mind too much. I'm still reading. I'm enjoying myself, um, but I, I don't stop. I mm. never stop. Okay, your reviews are not going to be as brilliant as hers because she's a consumer professional, but you're also welcome to call in and do a two or three minute review. Please keep it short. Tell us what book you last read. Give us a quick little summary of it and then tell us whether you give it a thumbs up or a thumbs down. O double one double eight three oh seven oh two oh double one double eight three oh seven oh two doesn't have to be the very last book any book you've read over the last couple of months and just do an on-air review of it what is the first one you're going to talk about andrea so the first one i talk want to talk about is one of my favorite books um of the last couple of months bill bryson's the body its subtitle is a guide for occupants and uh bill bryson is very well known for his travel writing Mm. a lot of people will know him for that and also the book that he wrote a popular science book, A Short History of Nearly Everything, which was also brilliant. So this one is, as you would have guessed, about the body. He talks about this being a warm blob of flesh that we know very little about. And he's quite correct. We live in this thing, in this wonderful machine, but very few of us know how Mm. it works. Mm. And so this book is exactly for that. So he he starts off by giving you a whole bunch of beautiful facts, things that you that just make boggles your mind. So, for example, if you take your lungs and you smooth them out, it would cover an entire tennis court. As one does. Yeah, as you would, as you would. Um, all your blood vessels would take you two and a half times around the earth. Uh, and oh, wow. this, this one, this one really got me. It blew my mind. So in each of your cells, there's about a meter of DNA. And if you take all this DNA on all your cells and put it end to end, it would stretch 10 billion miles. That's all the way to Pluto. What? Yes. Slan may do it. Slan may do it indeed. So the whole book is about the various systems of the body. So he'll dedicate a chapter to the nervous system, to the blood vessels, to the brain. He looks at particular, um, some of the big diseases that affects the body. But, um, it's, it's all written as if he's taking you on this journey. That sounds really cool because we've got such weird relations with the body, right? And it changes over time. You think you take your body for granted in early life. Later on, you're constantly worried that this thing, this vessel that you are saddled with may not last as long as you hope that it will. But it sounds to me like this is a book that in part marvels at the body. Absolutely. 
It's a wondrous thing. Um, it's written in simple language. It's not difficult to read. It's not a biology textbook by okay. any means of the imagination. Yeah, that this was going to be my next question. Yeah, this yeah. is popular science. So it is written for the lay person. Hmm. It is exciting and magnificent and it will just entrance you. Why did you pick it up? Because, you know, Bill is brilliant or, or just, just out of curiosity? Bit of both, really. Mm. Um, I do love Bill. Um, I really loved a short history of nearly everything. Mm. It was such a brilliant way of, of trying to look at human history and, and science and so forth and uh, how people came to be in such a simple way. And I thought, well, if he could do that with the whole of history, he could probably do that for the body. What is also cool about that is how many of us have bad early educational exposure to biology and to science. Yeah. And the wonderful thing about gifted popular writers on technical subjects, be it history or biology for that matter, is that we get a second crack, especially as adults, to rediscover the beauty of the sciences um, after years and years of carrying triggering memories of a bad biology teacher. Absolutely. Luckily, I had a very good biology yeah, teacher. Yeah, me too. I was very lucky. But um, I know a lot of people weren't that lucky. So if you're interested at all in how you work, I think this book is brilliant for you. My dad, who's a doctor, is currently reading it um, and he's loving it. Mm. So he was telling me in his experience that he he knows a lot of the stuff already, but when you look at the Grey's Anatomy, which is like the seminal textbook for doctors, mm. um, it explains how all these things work, but it will never tell you that smoothing your lungs out will cover a <laughs> tennis court. It won't tell you stuff like that. Mm. And it also doesn't tell you where all this information comes from. So Bill also will explain to you um, some of the science behind it in terms of how scientists and biologists discovered some of these things, mm. um, how they discovered how the body works. Um, and he takes a little bit of a short look as well as some of these these very, very interesting people. Beautiful. A lot of people listening and also have their own little Twitter reviews and recommendations. That's also okay. Uh, Sue Niati, author, says, I would you see this. highly recommend The Hum of the Sun by Kirsten uh, Miller um, and also The Theory of Flight by Sipiwe Ntlovu. Thanks for that recommendation, which I've also retweeted. And here's another one from Sipo says, I have just read Eusebius, Fred Kumalo's The Longest March, and I highly, highly recommend it. Um, Andrea nodding there in agreement. Here I can see from the corner of my eye. And Bandile, um, my nerdish friend, says, I love Bill Bryson. He is a king of popular science, i.e. making science very easy to understand and also very interesting. A history of nearly everything is, and you've said it before, Bandila, I recall you saying so. Uh, in fact, you did so, funny enough, when Andrea was on the show once. A History of Nearly Everything is in my top 10 favorite books of all time. That's high praise. That is high praise. Mm. 13 minutes after 11, we'll take a little bit of a breather. More of Andrea's book reviews on the other side of this. But you can also review a book on air. Tell us the title, the author, a quick summary and whether you liked it or not and whether you recommend it or not on 011-883-0702. And he's very keen to put it on social media or send it to a news network, but Amira is not interested. She doesn't want to do this. She mm. doesn't want to be famous. She just wants to forget the whole thing. Mm. But her boss, Alex, does not want to forget. Her boss is trying to pressure her into uh, either putting this out there and sort of getting an apology or suing the store or something like that. Um, 
Or if she's not doing that, then Alex is offering Amira money, um, stuff like that. And the relationship between Amira and Alex is very interesting because there's this subtle racism that's inherent in it. Mm. Alex believes she knows what's best for Amira. Mm. Um, and it's not, it's not an overt racism or anything like that. The book is about race and about class. Mm. It's not about having a two-dimensional villain, villain, which is the way Kylie Reed describes it. She says that there are people who are well-meaning. They're essentially good people, but there are these subtleties about them, subtle class uh, uh, and racist uh, tendencies. These are not evil people, um, but they don't realize what it is that they're doing, um, which makes them such frustrating people. And the whole book is about that. And, you know, there's a there's a slight satirical element to it, which I really, really loved. Um, but it's, it's really, Kylie Reid is such a fresh, interesting Author, I love the way that she's approached this. That Let me it's take, not can I take a picture there of the cover? Absolutely. So that I can go and look for it myself. I'm sure I can find it at exclusives. Um, that sounds really, really cool because the concepts, and it's one of the reasons I love talk radio, is there are certain concepts that we know are important, right, politically and socially, but it will land for people in different ways through different media. Sometimes the penny drops when you watch a film, a TV series, go to theater, a song, an encounter with someone at the Chisanyama. Sometimes a work of fiction can do it mm. because what you've described is not an unfamiliar concept. The idea of implicit racism, the problematic white English ally, yes, the unconscious absolutely. biases of English liberals, all of those are familiar themes. But if this book can be an aha moment in a way in which Eusebius and Andrea's tour around the country isn't, then it's a fantastic medium through which to deliver those insights while still enjoying it as a pleasurable read. Is the quality of the writing good? I really enjoyed it. I think it's not too complicated, which is why I think it's such a great... Uh, a great way to talk about these issues because you can get books that are extremely heavy and they're very important and as well uh, and very uh, um this book is a fun read mm. but it's it's interesting that you can have such a fun almost light-hearted read that speaks to such important issues i think that's so cool and also so uncannily all too real because as you described the basic plot i think so, oh my god this could be the latest article I'm about to see on Daily Beast. Absolutely. This is something that so many people have experienced. Mm. So I think it's... and it's. But it's, it sounds like it doesn't feel too or even in the least didactic. No, it's which not. Which is the worst. No, it's not. Okay. Not at all. It's not prescriptive in any way. Okay. It, it kind of reveals itself as it goes along. I think there are probably even people who will read it and say, what's the issue? Um, <laughs> because it's so, it's so subtle. But mm. that's what I love about it. I think this is what real life is like um i'm not i'm not a fan of book clubs other than loving the fact that some of them buy my books and invite me but is this the kind of book that would make for a good a good group discussion absolutely absolutely um i think this is the kind of book that you can sit with your mimosas and discuss for hours on end beautiful stuff Okay, if you want to quickly review, we've got a couple more minutes. 011-883-0702. 011-883-0702. And Ray, you've got a third book. Absolutely. And, and this that's, one. That looks, that's looks like a beautiful cover. Oh, it's stunning. And the book is just stunning as well. It's one of my favorite books of last year. It was, um, 
uh, published, I think, in October or November. It's called The Starless Sea by Erin Morgenstern. And most people will know her from her first book and her only other book, The Night Circus. So it's taken her, I think, eight years to write this new one. Um, and this is what I would describe as a book lover's book. And I'll tell you why. Mm. So the main character is called Zachary Rawlins. He's a student. He's a very big reader. And one day while he's in his university library, he takes out a book. It doesn't have a title and it doesn't have an author. The stories are weird. They're entrancing. And to his amazement, one part of one of the stories is about an event that happened to him as a boy. So now you think, how on earth is this possible? This book was written years before he um he came to be. Yeah. So how is this, this story in there? And so he starts investigating it and it becomes this Alice down the rabbit hole kind of adventure. He meets this young woman called Mirabal. She paints doors on walls and the doors become real. And one day he's pulled into one of these doors and he just discovers the most incredible underground city of books. The whole city is just books. <laughs> Everywhere you turn, there are books. It's this labyrinth that it's just magical and, and beautiful, but it's also under threat. And now it's up to Zachary and Mirabel to save this beautiful underground hmm. book city. Um, it's magical. It draws you into this world that uh, binds you and baffles you and grips you. It's it's breathtakingly beautiful. It's it's rare and imaginative on a scale that I haven't seen in a very long time, and I cannot recommend it enough. Oh wow, that's absolutely amazing. Yeah, it's really it's, really great. It's really beautiful. Um, mm. It is full. It, this is like a magic carpet ride. Mm. This book. Um, it's taking you wonder by wonder. Absolutely, that's stunning. What is on your list, by the way? What are you currently reading or, or what do you have to review? At the moment, I'm reading Marguerite Poland's Sin of a Mission, which mm. is based on a true story um, about a young uh, young black man who is taken in the late 1800s from his family and sent to uh, Canterbury to become a priest, mm. uh, an Anglican bishop. And he returns to his home land and has to try and convert people and it's much tougher than he thought and this is all uh, said at the time uh, where it was the uh, Isikosa Wars so it's during that time it's it's fascinating read. Beautiful stuff. Andrea we love your love of literature and books and thank you so much for sharing your passion and your insights and your reviews with us. It's always a pleasure. Yes one final little one from Twitter Kekana says I recently read uh, Crispin Alfer's second book called A House Divided. I'm so disappointed this book reads like an orchestrated plan to rubbish Patricia DeLille's legacy. It's interesting how we read books differently, uh, Kekana, because I love that book. And I th don't agree with you, which is perfectly okay. I wonder whether you thought he was trying to destroy the legacy of the ANC in PE with his first book. So sometimes when our faves are the ones being eviscerated by a good researcher... I wonder whether it's the researcher's fault or whether we are vested in that legacy ourselves.